everyone, welcome to Luke Law. A quick deep dive into a folklore topic where I share some of the stories from around the world that have piqued my interest. This episode is the beginning of a three-part little uh, mini-series in Luke Law, where I explore the three locations each insisting they are the most haunted parts of Britain. The contenders are York and Derby in England, and Edinburgh up in Scotland. I can't currently pick an overall winner, I simply cannot, or at least not without a lot more research to go, and there is a lot to unpack just in any one of these locations. But each of the three I feel can be singled out as a winner within their own category as such, something I've actually done on a previous episode, but I'm not going to repeat each one just yet. After we've done all three, I will get you, the audience, to vote on who you think gets the title of overall winner. The overall winner will then get an additional episode dedicated to picking out even more of the lore from them. But I'm going to focus on letting each speak for themselves first. As such, we'll start with the most haunted single city of England. The podcast, like myself so recently as a miniature holiday, is returning to York. The map made of the Dean Court Hotel. When I took my mini vacation to York in August, we managed to stay one night at the Dean Court Hotel. I would like to say the main selling point here was the four-star accommodation within a beautiful building right in the heart of York, and I could definitely recommend it for that, but what I was looking for was one of the many haunted inns of York. I sadly didn't encounter anything but a great hotel. Devastating, I know. But they have themselves a rather infamous spook room in the corridors on top of multiple smaller documented encounters. The site itself is prime paranormal real estate. It's built on the grounds of a Roman fort and used to be multiple separate homes for clergy of the nearby York Minster before it was repurposed and converted into one larger building, ultimately becoming the Dean Court Hotel as we know it in 1993 after a long conversion journey beginning in 1969. Perhaps not unusual for a former Roman fort, and certainly not for York as I covered on the previous episode, there have been sightings of a Roman soldier haunting the hotel. Room 25 is supposed to have an unnerving habit of guests getting a leg pulled on in the night, to the point of one person from Manchester being dragged out of the bed completely by some unseen thing in the run-up to 3am, which is the witching hour, so... Hmm. Room 25 isn't even the unfriendliest room you can land in, given that Room 36 has a reputation for a worryingly violent spirit. Guests have reported temperature drops, with which can follow items being thrown around, doors slammed, and, worst of all, cold hands pressing down on their chests, leading to shortness of breath. I'll take the short, sharp, done-and-gone shock of being yeeted out of bed over a night-long attack of malice, thanks. Ghost hunters claim to have spotted an ex-army ghost chilling in a bath chair, as well as reporting having spoken to a couple of ghosts called Dorothy and Annie. Although I do have a sneaking suspicion ghost boxes are powered more by excessive coffee than actual phenomena, so I'll leave that one up in the air pending repeatable results. But the star spirit of the Dean Court Hotel is the Mad Maid. The pleasant surprise here is that this is no shrieking insane wretched phantom. This is mad as in angry. The maid has been spotted by multiple staff and customers starting in 2007, when a full refurbishment and further expansion was completed leading to speculation the building works disturb the spirit, who continues to resent this through to today. The mad maid rushes about the place with an expression of vile temper, whether she hates the fact she's stuck still doing her job after death, 
or else is just annoyed the living keep making messes is not clear. Mediums claim to have contacted the Mad Maid say that she used to haunt the guest house next door to the Deangate Hotel, and when that got absorbed into the wider building, she moved into the much bigger combined areas, especially basement level corridors. The extra duties she has taken on may be why she's so short-tempered with the living mucking everything up everything day in and day out. The Black Dog of the Shambles It should be no surprise to long-term listeners that I love the assorted Black Dogs of the British Isles, and any other similar folklore worldwide. Any new listeners joining us now, I highly recommend hopping back to episode 3 Black Dogs when you get the chance. They do appear in other episodes too, especially British location-based episodes, as I'm always on the lookout for more Black Dog folklore. Which leads us to this real fun one. The Bargast of York. I'm pretty sure I covered the Bargast in another episode, which may be the Lancashire one? Lancashire and Yorkshire share a lot of folklore, a fact which causes arguments at times as the two counties do not much like sharing much of anything. See The War of the Roses for more. It's that bigger thing stretching back across a long and bitter history. But York's black dog activity is exceptionally strange, as it's rare to see a black dog inside of a city at all. They tend to haunt remote roads, especially crossroads, and this bar guest does seem to have a particular fondness of a single thin straight road, smack bang in the middle of civilization. This could be well down to ancient pathways, but it could also be a love of the shambles, as this street the shambles is very easy to love. It's an old part of the city, cramped tightly together, made of traditional smaller buildings, and it is absolutely beautiful, being filled with strange and wonderful shops, leading to a whole lot more of the interesting parts of York in every direction. So while this black dog appears to be a citywide prowler of all the old streets, the connection it has to the shambles is understandable. The shambles instantly feels magical, like an impossible fantasy road taking a shortcut through the industrial world. A feeling which may have a glimmer of a deeper truth to it, given the strange inhabitant you can meet there after night has fallen. While there is this connection to the shambles, the Bargast of the city is supposed to get all about the place, making use of its fabled shape-changing abilities to mess with people after dark. It has also somewhat adorably got historic sightings doggy paddling along flooded streets, either not being stopped by the regular flood risk of certain parts of the city, or else outright enjoying the disaster areas being itself an omen of misfortune. I do like to think it's just having a little bit of fun. One famous story is that of it bothering a guard in 1686, while over at Clifford's Tower, and this bit of mischief is a doozy well worth the retelling. One night, on watch, a loud banging noise startles the guard, who goes down from the tower to investigate. Upon reaching the courtyard, a strange scroll came through from under the door. This would be weird enough, but the scroll then transformed into a black-coloured monkey, which then proceeds to go bananas messing with the understandably startled guard. Quite rightly yelling for help, the groundskeeper comes running to see what is going on, and they find the monkey which then transforms into a black turkey, which then promptly turns back into a scroll before zipping back out under the door. This was attributed to the Barghest, even though no one saw a dog form, thanks to its nature as a chaotic shape-changer. And let's face it, there isn't that many suspects for this brand of mayhem. The business at number one of the shambles is a gift shop called the Barghest, having taken on the name since it was such a significant part of local folklore, and they are the first shop at the top of the street. I had a chat with the lady running the shop when I was there. They say they haven't yet seen the Barghest themselves, but watch out nonetheless, since letting it follow you home is known to be bad luck. 
To encounter the Bargast at random does not in and of itself appear to be a bad omen, but if it should follow you to your home, disaster is set to befall the household. If a suspicious yet otherwise friendly giant black dog, with warning signs including transforming into a monkey, should start following you, maybe chill outside of it until it wanders off or otherwise disappears. You may need to do this all the way through till dawn, but it will be worth the caution. Plus, you might get to play with a Chaos Incarnate Monkey for a while. A Good Luck Ghost There are a few grey ladies around York, whether this is a coincidence or spectral fashion statement remains up for debate. But there's one specific grey lady that people actively hope to see, and that's the grey lady of the Theatre Royale. The theatre was originally built on the ruins of St. Leonard's Hospital, which in the 12th century held the honour of being the largest medieval hospital in all of Europe. The founding of the theatre in the 1700s mostly ended that legacy, but parts of the original building yet remain. There's a Roman well beneath the stage still, and the original parts of the crypt can still be seen in parts of the Kerrigan Room, all of which screams haunted, and it does indeed get slightly worse from these historic foundations. This particular grey lady is commonly held to be the ghost of a young apprentice nun, who dallied with a nobleman while working in the hospice. Something which led to her being bricked up in a room while still alive to perish from first, as punishment for breaking vows. Dying in the dark, cold and alone, is bad enough. But further to this, I can't help but feel the supposedly romantic angle would be more likely horny nobleman-led, and she just caught the punishment for his potential scandal. Space being at a premium in York, the room she was bricked up in to kill her is now a dressing room. Such minor inconveniences as atrocities and corpses lying about the place cannot stop show business, and now the former execution room comes with a reputation for being colder than the rest of the building, along with a frequent sense of being watched while you were alone in there. Honestly, all things considered, we're probably lucky that Roman well doesn't open up to a circle of hell, but there's a happier twist to all of this. Across the years, the Grey Lady has been spotted watching the shows, and it's considered good luck if someone should spy her enjoying one of them. She portents a successful box office run, and performers more interested in healthy ticket sales than avoiding a phantom from beyond the grave will actively try to search her out as they rehearse. Being such an obviously cursed place on paper, it should come as no surprise the Grey Lady of the Theatre Royale isn't the only spook to be had. In a nod to the classics, there can be spectral organ music with no identifiable source at random times, there's also one other noteworthy personality of a shade on the grounds, an actor who died in a duel on Blake Street. He isn't seen very often, but the first time he was seen caused quite a stir. On the very same day he died, the rest of the performers decided that the show must go on. Only, the recently deceased actor clearly agreed, as he was spotted stumbling around backstage that evening despite the minor drawback of now being too dead to take the stage. He can still be seen repeating this action of turning up mortally late for his turn in the spotlight, but nothing so regularly as the Grey Lady's presence which can be felt quite a lot in there. A Haunted Pub with a Ghost Cat We're doing a Haunted British Isles location, so it's time for the obligatory Haunted Pub entry. As a double barrel bonus to the last York episode, we get more paranormal cat activity too. This is at the Snickleway Inn, a Snickleway being a word for small winding roads. The inn dates back in some form as far back as the original construction on or around the year 1500. It's a charming pub with interesting fittings that suit its Snickleway name, 
complete with a beer garden and quite the collection of glowing reviews. But like most of the long-standing inns of York, it has managed to collect a fair few ghosts. The cellar comes with a cranky poltergeist known to chuck spanners at staff, the spirit of a young girl tragically killed in an accident can be spotted running through the building, and in one room, a young man bullied for his physical defects continues to look down from a window to the streets below, long after hanging himself. The star ghost here, though, is Mrs. Tulliver, who, when she is seen, it is always with the ghost of her pet cat keeping her company from beyond the grave. For those of you who want to know, which is probably most of you, the ghost cat is called Seamus. One thing really stands out as special at the Snickerway Inn, though, more so even than Seamus the ghost cat. There's a deceptively terrifying manifestation here, that being the mysterious scent of lavender which can fill rooms of the pub. At a glance, or that is to say at a sniff, this isn't so bad. That is, until you dig into why such a distinctive scent may turn up in a haunting. Lavender has a worrying historic significance. It was the flower used to mask the smell of bubonic plague. Ripe to burst pustules and the terror of rotting alive struck York twice in its history, 1604 and then again in 1631. What seems to be a simple, sweet smell has skin-crawling implications under the right circumstances. This is very much one of those times. You can completely miss this implication and just enjoy the ghost of the flower's past, but it frankly does make my skin crawl to think about what this may be connected to. That's all for this episode. This was episode one of The Most Haunted of the UK, with the most haunted single city of England. We have Derby and Edinburgh yet to go, though, with their individual claims and areas in which I do believe they have a winning stake for Most Haunted. The Halloween special will be an intermission between the second and third parts, but hopefully that's understandable given the holiday at hand. The first Luke Lore episode taking on York was episode 25, The Cursed Cats of York. I still have yet to do that cat tour, but I shall be returning again hopefully in 2022, so I'll let you know how that goes. Luke Law is a Ghost Story Guys production. A primary source for this episode is the book Haunted York by Vincent Danks. I recommend this one if you intend to go to York yourself, as it's structured as walks you can take around the city that look like a lot of fun. If you do want to contact me, there's the show's dedicated email, lukelawgsg at gmail.com, and the general email show, ghoststoryguys at gmail.com. Both myself and the main show are really easy to find on Facebook and Twitter if you want to make day-to-day contact, as well as a very active Instagram account a lot of the community gets involved with. The Luke Law Instagram is out there too, although the main show account is the more active of the two. If you want to support the show directly, definitely check out the Patreon at patreon.com slash ghoststoryguys. As ever though, the absolute best thing anyone can do to support the show is to give it a listen. Share this around if you think you may know someone who may be interested, leave a review if you get the chance to help signal boost me, and most of all, I simply hope you enjoy what I'm doing here. Goodbye for now.